Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad, just Brian Haydad today. Robbie, uh, not free during the afternoon. Brian, not free during the evening. So, just got to go it alone. Not really alone, though. We will talk to Michael Borky a little later in the show. Or not, actually not too late in the show. Uh, as we, we redo our Egg Bowl interview. And I want to I wanna go another layer into the Egg Bowl and why it's important this year. Uh, more so than maybe ever before. But thanks for t- tuning in at supertalk.fm uh, or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate you guys, our great listeners out there. Especially those of you... Serving our great country. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip through the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville. Or at Brupolo in Tupelo. It would be sort of weird if Brupolo was in Collins. You just go to the Collins Zoo and then go get a coffee, I guess. I don't know. Well, wherever you are in this great state of ours, you can always get Strange Brew Coffee. Just go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and order for shipping. Whatever kind of coffee machine you've got sitting on your front counter, we've got a Strange Brew Coffee for you, including the super fantastic and awesome and new K-Cups. Father's Day is just around the corner, guys. I hope that you have made the right call and told your family, hey, head over to College Corner and pick me something up. A new shirt, a new hat, something for the car. I don't know, but I hope you did it. hope you have a great Father's Day. And if you didn't, well, there's always College Corner is still open. You can always just go there and get it yourself. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgen by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. You can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco, Startville's newest and best Mexican restaurant. Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. Tacos like you've never had, not just at a Mexican restaurant, but anywhere else. It's a unique place. It's totally Starkville. It's a great hangout. And I'm really happy that Ty Tim's decided to open up. You know, that's one of those things we were waiting on a long time to get, to get Humble Taco open. It has proved to be worth that wait. Next time you're in the mood for something different and something delicious, head over to Humble Taco. Make it easy on yourself today. Go Firehouse Subs for lunch. Just download the free Firehouse Subs app. Order your sandwich. It'll be ready within minutes. And you'll pile up the reward points. And next time, you might be eating on the house. Make sure you're following Firehouse Subs on Twitter as well. They've always got great deals out there on Twitter giving away stuff, making deals. Check them out there. Locations in Starkville, Oxford, Tupelo and Columbus, Flowood and Madison. That's Firehouse Subs. Let's just get right into this interview. Uh, I talked with Michael Borky today. <laughs> A much more uh, concise uh, interview, shall we say, uh, about the Egg Bowl. And, and I brought something up at the end of it, and that's sort of where we're going to go in the second part of the show. So let's just get right into his thoughts on the Ole Miss Rebels and on Thanksgiving night. Here's Michael Borky from Sports Talk Mississippi and his thoughts on the Egg Bowl. All right, let's do take two on this Egg Bowl interview. I saw your complaints. I saw your, your concerns. I had them too. So I'm going to talk to a guy who I know is not a wild man. And I'm going to give him some credit to start this interview off. Michael Borky, one of the co-hosts with me on Sports Talk Mississippi. You said from day one, 
when Dart commits to Ole Miss that it's going to be a real competition, that, that he and Altmaier were actually going to have to, you know, fight it out for this job. I, I wrote that off. I said, nah, no chance. This guy's coming in to start. And here we are. It's June. And when you get to August, there's a real live quarterback competition, and it is up for grabs. Is it more about, you know, it, look, Dart, he's new, new face. All of his receivers weren't healthy, a lot to process. Or is there some genuine concern that this kid didn't come in and just win the job right off the bat? It, it can be two things, right? I think, uh, first of all, you said it, and it's very important, although I can't imagine you have many Ole Miss fan listeners. Uh, Jackson Dart did rise, my well, friend. Yeah, true. I bet the analytics show otherwise. But anyway. Um, Jackson Dart didn't decide he was going to Ole Miss until the end of January. And so he moves, he enrolls, he does all that. And then like three weeks later, it's all right, practice time. So going from making your decision to being on the practice field and running an offense that you've never ran before, having to learn in just a couple of weeks against real defenses, better ones that you saw in the Pac-12, it's probably a lot to process. The important thing for him it's turnovers. I mean, Lane Kiffin, if you listen to his press conferences, it was almost daily. Just he's got to protect the football. He's got to protect the football. He does not protect the football. And I think even in at halftime of the spring game or after the spring game, he said that Jackson's trying to win the job with every throw. And he's not just playing quarterback. I think just from watching the spring game and then talking to people that watch practice, one of the two guys has a significantly higher ceiling than the other. But if he doesn't protect the football, he's not going to play. So if he cleans that up at all, it's still going to be Jackson Dart. But if he doesn't, Lane Kiffin's not going to mess with that. Could this year be sort of like Corral's uh, first real year as the starter? Where, I mean, he had turnover issues. Now, granted, I think we talked about this. He had 14 picks, but 11 of them were in two games. Right. But, but, you know, he had turnover issues. Could, could this year be like that where you see these great flashes, but then you see some what-are-you-thinking throws? I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, the, the schedule is, is a blessing for Ole Miss yes. and also a curse. Because on one hand, with all of the transfers and all of the new and Charlie Weiss Jr. instead of, uh, oh, my gosh, why is his name escaping me? Jeff Lebby. Yeah. Good Lord, that was embarrassing. Um, Charlie Weiss Jr. instead of Jeff Lebby, no more Matt Corral. You've got a new offensive tackle. You've got a new running back room. With the exception of Jonathan Mingo, your other starting wide receivers are all going to be new. Your tight end is going to be new. Everything's going to be new. And so the first really six weeks of the season are a, a schedule blessing because you can work all the kinks out if there are them and compile a bunch of wins against teams you're better than. The most difficult game for Ole Miss in the first half is Kentucky at home. Kentucky's going to be quite good, but if you had to pick Kentucky or any team from the SEC West, who would you rather play in that slot? I, I think you might say Kentucky over them. So anyway, but that also leads to um, Jackson Dart not seeing speed of SEC at the same time until the Kentucky game. They're going to have relative cakewalks until Kentucky comes yeah. to town. And so it might look like, oh, he's comfortable. He's making good decisions. He's not turning the ball over because his left tackle is blocking a defensive end from Troy and not a guy that's going to be playing in the NFL next year. It's just a, a completely different thing. So it, it's a blessing and a curse, I think, for Dart because he can ease into it. But he also, we won't know if he has fixed the turnover issues until much deeper into the season 
when the competition level picks up big time. One more dark question. You know, one of the things that gets lost with Ole Miss is because Kiffin is so flashy and flamboyant and because Corral was so good is that Ole Miss has led or been one of the top running teams in the country the last two years. Yeah. Obviously, it's new faces in the running back room. But Corral was a huge part of that running game last season. Does Dart give them that same threat in the running game that they had in the past, or are they just going to have to rely on on Evans and uh, I forget Bennett's last uh, Ulysses's uh, last name? I think it's Bennett Bentley Bentley Ulysses, Ulysses Bentley. Yeah. Bentley. What an incredible <laughs> college football name! And I think he's the fifth. Yes, it, yes one that, yes. one V is the fifth, right? Yeah. No, no, That's no, the fourth. fourth. That's the fourth. Yeah, he's the fourth. He's Ulysses Bentley the fourth. Um, no, he's athletic enough to do it. I don't think he's Matt Corral athletic, but it's not like he's a statue. Right. Uh, he, he's not uh, Jacob Eason back there. He's athletic. He can move around a little bit. Uh, but no, I don't, I don't think he's the same. Dynamic's not the right word either to use for Matt Corral, mm-hmm. but he's not that same kind of a runner, but he'll still be effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this team, it's crazy because you mentioned Lane Kiffin and dynamic offenses and all that. I think this team's going to largely be built on running game and tight end. They're going to line up, and it's going to be you know the spread formations and all that, but they're going to run the football, and they're going to use the tight end a lot. It, it just it, counter to what you think about what Ole Miss football is, but that's what they will be this year. That's where their strengths are. Defensively was the difference for Ole Miss. I mean, they've been good offensively for the past decade, but defensively they couldn't, they couldn't stop a nosebleed. Last year they were really, really good defensively. But Sam Williams gone off the NFL, Chance Campbell gone, DJ Durkin, the coordinator, gone. A lot of new faces, a lot of the transfer portal, really effective for Ole Miss and finding players. We'll see if they can play at the SEC level. You know, what, what is this defense's ceiling in 2022? Oh, that's a great question, right? Because you mentioned it. it this team's going to be so hard to predict. I, it, the, the schedule allows you to be comfortable with them winning a, a good bit of games because, that, you know, they're. Power five non-conference is Georgia Tech, who's going to fire their coach after this year, and state fans are aware of, of who Jeff Collins is. Um, you know, they get Vanderbilt from the east. Kentucky's at home. It, it's, it's a schedule that sets up for a lot of wins, but the ceiling for this defense is so hard to predict because this is Chris Partridge's first time calling it. He hadn't called defense before. He's been a co-coordinator. I'm sure he's been involved in game planning and all that, but it's not been his show. It's been Durkin's show. And they're going to change things a little bit. At least it sounds like they're going to start actually using four-man fronts again, although the back end is going to be their, their biggest strength still. It, it all depends on if they can get pass rush. Pass rush and if Troy Brown specifically can acclimate and be great because Sam Williams obviously gone, and he was so productive running three-man fronts. It, it's just his production is otherworldly when you consider – that they ran more three-man fronts than anybody else in college football last year. That, that's all. It was three-two-six in their defense. Just and he was still productive. Uh, Cedric Johnson on the other side was good, but uh, who knows what he's going to be like now that you know he's the guy instead of Sam Williams. That defenses might have to focus on him now. But the most underrated part of Ole Miss last year was you mentioned it. Chance Campbell's gone. And, and for that matter, Mark Robinson, who was also great. And Ole Miss hadn't had great linebacker play like that. And hell, who knows? I mean, since Patrick Willis. I mean, it's been, Dwayne Dodson and Cassius Ware. I don't know. Seriously, Chance Campbell for a one-year rental was unbelievable. And he did not get enough credit because it took them seven games to figure out how to be a good defense. But the entire time, he was an elite-level player. So he's gone. In steps Troy Brown, who you think is going to be good. 
and productive. He was three-time All-Mac at Central Michigan, which is great, but it's the Mac. It's not the SEC. And he played phenomenally against Missouri and Washington State last year's two Power Five games, but it's Missouri and Washington State. It's not LSU. It's not Alabama. It's not Kentucky even, and it, it's not going to be anything like what he's going to see when he plays the Egg Bowl later. Uh, it's a totally different thing. People believe in him. They think he's going to be great. But until you see it happen, you just don't know because he has not done it yet, despite his long career, a really productive one. Let's look ahead to the Monday after Thanksgiving. We're, you and I, Richard, on Sports Talk Mississippi. Let's do two storylines. Let's start off with State wins the Egg Bowl, first win for Leach, and it caps at eight, maybe even a nine-win year for the Bulldogs. Almost takes a step back. They're seven and five. Kiffin has more credit than just about any coach not named Saban or Smart in in the uh, at SEC. What what is what's the Ole Miss opinion of, of Kiffin on that day? If that storyline is the case, that's a good question. Tell me uh, if Jackson Dart got better as the season went on. He was all uh, right. Um, so I think you'll be able to swallow a seven and five with a loss to Mississippi State if your young quarterback got better as the season went on. If you bring this guy in, and I assume if he wins the job when I think he wins the job, I, I would expect, I don't know this, I, ha- I don't have the source or anything, I would expect uh, Luke Altmyer to go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I would. He's good enough to play major college football for sure. I would expect him to go somewhere else. So if if Dart didn't get any Southern better... Miss. I'm sorry, I had a... <laughs> Well, see, no, no disrespect to Southern Miss. I think he could do much better. Good, probably good, but would be a dominant player there. Yeah, he would. Um, so I think they could could stomach it if Dart struggled out of the gate, got better as the season went on, something like that. But if if he struggles and doesn't improve, and Altmaier leaves, and you miss on Rashada, which it seems like it's likely, despite his brother now signing with Ole Miss, and and suddenly you're not thrilled about your quarterback room on top of Mississippi State beating you having a better season. Lane Kiffin would still have a bunch of capital, obviously, but that would sour it a little bit. Now, if they happen to go 7-5 and five and lose to Mississippi State, but Dart struggled early, and by the end of the year, he was really playing well and coming on. They just didn't have enough or whatever. It's a different story. Uh, I, most old Miss people I talked to, regardless of how they got there, though, would look at 7-5 and five as a failure. And I understand why they would, and, and it would be, but I think it's more possible than people want to admit that it is because they won games on defense last year, but Matt Corral was a culture setter there. He was. He absolutely was, and now he's gone. And like you said, they are replacing so much. There's a chance it all doesn't mesh. There's a chance your entire offense, which is now – a player that came from elsewhere with the exception of Mingo, four offensive linemen, Mingo and four offensive linemen in your third string running back and maybe a backup wide receiver or two. If, the, if those guys don't mesh right away, there's a chance it doesn't go well. And I think people aren't hedging enough to realize that there's a chance that they struggle this season. There's another layer to that too of, we, I knew we shouldn't have gotten all these transfers we got to recruit high school kids and develop them. I think that that becomes another storyline if Ole Miss isn't successful this year. 
Yeah. And what else? We, we say it on the radio show, but I, I know that there's a lot of you podcast folks that don't catch our show and that's okay. As long as you're listening to super talk content, that's fine. Um, we hear people say that some, and I hear people say that a lot that all oh, he shouldn't go transfers. He should just, you know, sign Mississippi kids or whatever. And, you know, maybe this doesn't work. Ole Miss is a fascinating football team for like outside of this state because Lane Kiffin's building his roster on transfer portal. He's going to do the same thing next year, too. There's people talking that say that they may only sign a dozen high school kids in this class yeah. and sign another 15 to, to 20 state, I think, transfers. Going the traditional, they'll sign 20, to 20 high school kids and they'll find six or seven transfers to fill spots. Yeah, but in the NIL era, would you prefer, would you honestly prefer Lane Kiffin recruit traditionally? Because I can tell you what's going to happen when he tries that. You're going to lose. You're going to lose to Alabama. You're going to lose to Georgia. You're going to lose to Texas A&M, LSU. You're not going to get the kids that you want to get. And so if you just try to be traditional and beat these other schools in the SEC at their own game, you're going to lose. You want to know how I know you're going to lose? Because I've got decades of sample size that says you're going to lose. Century. Even Hugh Freeze, who uh, take the NCAA stuff aside, everybody talked about how great of a recruiting job he did at Ole Miss. In his five classes, he only signed two in the top ten. And that's what, good for fourth or fifth in the SEC? So even the, the peak of Ole Miss recruiting wasn't even the peak of their division, and there, let alone in the country. So you've got to be different. Of, we're signing four-star kids, but we're not signing – guys at the right positions. We're signing yeah. five wide receivers when we need a linebacker or a defensive end. Exactly. And so that's I, – I applaud Lane Kiffin for trying something different. It fits their budget. It gives them a chance to sign a better roster and actually maybe compete. Mississippi State's being different, too. They're running the true Mike Leach air raid. It, it, it is atypical. It's not yeah. just trying to be Alabama and beat them because you're not. So – if this season goes poorly and people criticize it, uh, I'm not going to do the hindsight thing because at least they tried something else because I can guarantee you doing it quote unquote traditionally was going to lead to the same thing anyway. So at least they tried something else. All right. Back to the, uh, the Monday after Thanksgiving, I guess it's the Friday after Thanksgiving because we'll, we'll, we'll have a show. Uh, it's state that finishes seven and five and it's Ole Miss that wins the egg bowl. Three straight losses for Leach seven and five with Will Rogers and company and all that he brought back. What am I, am I getting hot seat questions from you guys on that day? Um, people are going to ask about it. So we will talk about it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would be fair because you can't lose to Ole Miss three times. You can't lose to Mississippi state three times in a row. You can, I mean, you really cannot do that. That would make things really uncomfortable, but the fans should have known, and I think largely they do, when you hire Mike Leach, it's not a quick fix. It's not a snap your fingers, everything's going to be great right away. And even if it's painful, you have to see it through. And no, losing to Ole Miss three times is unacceptable. Uh, going seven and five again would feel underwhelming. You'd end up, what, in the Liberty Bowl again, or, or you know maybe get lucky and go to Nashville, or get to play in the nice new stadium in Birmingham instead of Legion field. But this is kind of what you signed up for. When you look at his other two stops, it took, a, it, it took some time. And now he's had to navigate through COVID. 
And now the NIL era comes up with just total chaos. And the portal era comes up with total chaos. It's going to be uncomfortable, but I don't think, I don't think John Cohen would make a change at seven and five with another loss in the Egg Bowl. I don't. And while the questions are going to be asked and they should be answered, I don't think that would be the smartest move. This is what you signed up for. And if you are patient, look at Washington State, look at Texas Tech. With time, the only thing he's done is win. That's it. All right, give me a, I don't know, five months and a week out prediction for this game. Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know. Like, if, if Dart's good, I'm, I'm going to favor Ole Miss and Oxford. If, if, he's, if he's a question, I think, I think State would go in there and win. It's, I think it's close either way. Though. Yeah, and, and the strength of Ole Miss's team is going to be the secondary. They, they have a lot of guys returning on, on that side of the ball. A.J. Finley, Otis Reese, Miles Battle. Uh, DeAndre Prince, I mean, Tysheem Johnson, those are all guys that played a lot last year. And then they added uh, the transfer from Iowa State, uh, Aishim Young, who people think is going to be playing in the NFL soon. Uh, Tennyson from Auburn, who, who got off that sinking ship quickly. I mean, that should be the strength of their team is in the secondary. And, uh, you know, that you would assume matches up pretty well. Uh, with the air raid, but man, I, I I don't know. I mean, I don't even know what a Chris Partridge defense is going to look like. I have no clue. Um, it, what would the line be right now? Four and a half, five, six. Well, I mean, we talked about it the other day on the show. Was it was seven, seven? And yeah. I, and I made the comment as like, if your questions about Ole Miss get positive answers, sure, I can see them being a touchdown favorite at home. Yeah, but so there's we'll a chance they don't get positive answers. If they don't, then yeah, it's it's going to be a long year in Oxford, and State should have a chance to get the Egg Bowl trophy back uh, to start. But we'll see. But will Mississippi State be able to protect? I mean, it... well, from the right side, it couldn't be any worse, Michael. We'll see about the left. We'll <laughs> True. See. We'll yeah. Get there. All right, Michael Borky, Sports Talk Mississippi, the Rebel Report podcast. If you're looking for more Ole Miss information, or if you're an Ole Miss fan who just I don't know just happened to be randomly listening today, you know where to check it out. Thanks, Mike. Anytime, man. All right, thanks to Michael. Appreciate his time. Uh, always good to talk to him. Don't forget, if you are, if you, I make the joke, but I know Ole Miss fans listen to this podcast. Also, make sure you listen to the Rebel Report. Great podcast there for Ole Miss fans. Um, and because I guess there's probably some state fans that listen to it as well. Let's uh, let's get into the second layer of the Egg Bowl for me, and then we'll do that. Let's let's do our commercials here first, and that's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef is what's for dinner. So this weekend is Father's Day. However, it's also my uh, my youngest daughter's birthday. So what I do, because I'm a good dad, I think, is she likes to, to go take a trip with her mom and her sister and a couple of friends, and they go somewhere for the weekend. And I'm like, you know what? We'll do Father's Day next weekend. So I, I take I, I get a little little little, little waiting period, and that's fine, because while they're gone, I'm gonna cook a big ass steak, medium rare, maybe a tomahawk ribeye, and I'm just gonna eat the whole thing by myself, and no one's gonna stop me because this is America, and I can only do that thanks to our brief producers here in the state of Mississippi. So, thanks to you guys, I appreciate it. Nothing beats the sizzle of beef on the grill, and I'll be enjoying that this weekend. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats. I might go there, too. Why not? The world is your oyster when you're a bachelor. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the country. I talked to a friend of mine at, 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 uh, at Two Brothers. He, he said they're, they're working on some off-menu items, so we're going to see how that goes. 
Check those out. I mean, I don't know what they're going to put off menu. The on menu items are fantastic. Why do I need to go off menu? But we'll see how it works out. Next time you're in the mood for some smoked Southern Soul food, head over to the Cotton District and head to Two Brothers Smoked Meats. It's a really simple process. It's, it's, it's great products and great service. Every business offers it. Who delivers it? Who can you really trust? Well, take a look at the established in signs if they've got one of those. And if it says 47 years ago and they're still in business and they're still thriving, you can probably trust them, which is why you can trust Advantage Business Systems. They've been helping out people in the state for nearly 50 years. That's a track record you can get behind. That's service you can count on. The kind of service you expect when you're dealing with your neighbors, which is what they are. They're a Mississippi business. They're not dealing with out-of-state contractors. They're not putting you on hold at a call center across the ocean. They're here in this state taking care of you. You need to call them today and put them to work for you. That number is 601-362-9192, or you can visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. The Egg Bowl has long been a battle of ideologies, if you will. I think it's a little dusty roads there. If you we, you know, the, the Ole Miss fans would throw out culture versus agriculture. Uh, you know, Mississippi State fans would would probably throw out, you know, the, the the true salt of the earth of this state versus a bunch of out of state kids who couldn't get into Texas. I'm not saying anything, but regardless of that, you know, there have been opposite sides, divides more deep than Democrat and Republican. Gallo in the morning, if you're interested. Um, but there's something else this year, and I sort of hit on it there at the end with Michael Borky. But I think that there is a real, I don't know if, like, I'm not going to go so far as call like the battle for the future of college football. But it is obvious at this point that Ole Miss is going to go a different route in recruiting. They are going to go, we're going to sign 10 to 12 high school kids. And then we're going to sign 15 to 20 transfers every year. That's how we're going to attack this. It appears to me that Mississippi State is going to go a more conservative approach. We're going to continue to recruit the high school kids and build the program in that fashion. And then we'll use the transfer portal as a way to to, fill our needs. We lost a, a, a starter here. Let's go get another guy that we can bring in right away. Which way is better? I don't know the answer to that yet. I'm an old man, so my first thought is the Mississippi State way is better just because that's all I've ever seen. Never seen anybody do it the way Ole Miss is going to try to do it. But if it works for Ole Miss, it's going to work, and it's, it, may, it may change a lot of people's opinions. So this game this year is sort of the first battle along these lines of what is going to be the, the way forward for college football. How should you treat the transfer portal? Should you treat it as a place where you sort of pick and choose and you find guys that you need right away? Or is it going to replace traditional high school recruiting in many instances? I don't know the answer. I don't know who's going to win that, that debate. And I don't know, think it'll be uh, settled with one egg bowl either. Um, but it is an interesting you know, thought process. Because and it's sort of what I said with Borky. I'll, I'll take it a little further. If Ole Miss flops, I mean, they brought in, from what I can, if I'm doing the math right, they've got a, like 9 or 10, maybe even 11 or 12 new starters from the portal. that they're count, Guys from the portal, they're counting on in year one. Mississippi State, I would say, you're talking about guys they are absolutely counting on in, year, in this year. 
I would say there's two from the portal. Marcus Banks and Massimo Biscardi. Everywhere else they feel like, okay, well, we've got the guys on campus to do this. Ole Miss, I mean, Dart, the two running backs, they expect big things from Trigg. They've brought in a couple of receivers, and then defensively they got a bunch of guys. That they're at, at, at left tackle as well. They're, they're new new guys to transfer. If this bombs, if, if you know, and I don't, I'll say this. I want to make this clear before any Ole Miss fans start start having an eye twitch. I don't think it's going to bomb, and I think Ole Miss is going to be good this year. Ole Miss, they will take a step back. Replacing Corral almost guarantees a step back. When Ole Miss replaced Eli, they went from ten to four. When they were when State replaced Dak, they went from nine to six. Replacing an NFL quarterback when you're not an elite program is, is you're going to be good for a couple of losses. Corral won two or three games by himself last year for Ole Miss. I don't know that Dart can do that yet. But let's just say that it goes badly, and they're a six and six, five and seven team. Everybody's going to look at Kiffin and go, "What he did with the portal didn't work." That's not how you you build programs in this day and age. I get what Michael's saying that you can't just build, you can't do things the way that uh, Alabama does. You can't just, you can't, unless you're Alabama, you can't have an Alabama game plan and expect Alabama results. You're going to have an Alabama game plan, and you're going to get the same results you've been getting. Mississippi State's plan, as Michael said, was, don't worry, we're not changing the way we recruit. We're going to change the way we do things football-wise. We are going to go to an offense that nobody else has in the conference and hope that that gives us an edge. Through two years, it has not given you any edge against Alabama. You have to hope that this year, that, that's a real litmus test kind of game, right? That's a game where you, like, you need to see some improvement there. You don't need to lose by 40 again to Alabama. So I think Kiffin is under, I don't know if he's under a microscope. I don't know if that's the right word or not. But people are watching in Oxford to see how this pans out. And if they can somehow pull it off and go nine and three, people will be like, "Okay, that's that. He's right. That's the way. Hit the portal, get experienced players, and then get the best high schoolers you can. But don't worry about them, you know, because you can come back and get them again in the portal. If it bombs, it's going to be like that's not the way to build a program. You still have to hit the high school kids. The transfer portal's got to be used sort of as a band aid, not as a uh, <laughs> as surgery. You know, not as plastic surgery to over overhaul your program." So that's an, another interesting layer on top of Leach needing to get his first win in the in the game and on top of everything else that automatically just comes with the Egg Bowl year after year, regardless of who the coaches are, regardless of everything else. This is a one of the, you know, as we sit here in June, now, I mean, obviously we get to November and both these teams could be terrible or, you know, both these teams could be, or one team could be really good and one team, I don't know. But as we sit here in June, there there's something to this Egg Bowl. There's a little extra... You know, pizzazz to it, I guess, might be the word. There's something else to watch out for. And in my opinion, it's going to be one of the, it's going to be one of the biggest games in Mike Leach's coaching career. Because at the end of the day, regardless of what else you do, unless somehow you're going 11 and one, I think you could live with 11 and one with a lost Ole Miss. It would suck. It'd be a bitter pill to swallow at the end of the season. But if you're 11 and one, you're the SEC West champions. You go to the cut the championship game, and you're probably going to have a chance to go to the playoff. You can live with it, right? But if you're going to go eight and four, seven and five, maybe nine and three on the good years, ten and two, if you're really good, you got to beat Ole Miss. Yeah, you just got to. And losing three straight to Ole Miss 
Which, in my opinion, if State loses to Ole Miss this year, they're a seven and five team. I have them right now eight and four, beating Ole Miss. So seven and five with a third straight loss to Ole Miss, it's not going to be pleasant days for Mike Leach in, in Starkville. He knows that. Yeah, he's not. He doesn't need me to tell him that. He's got to figure out a way to win this football game. And then for Kiffin, you want to keep that momentum. You want to. You want to keep people. You know. You want to continue to hashtag run the sip. You know, if you lose that game and you take that step back, people are going to, to second-guess you. They're going to look at you with that side eye. So it's a huge game. It always is, but this year maybe, maybe a little bit more stakes than we're giving it credit for. We'll see. All right, tomorrow's show, I'm talking to John Cohen. Uh, we got a lot to talk about there as far as facilities, as far as uh, athletics, just everything I can think of I'm going to try to hit him with. And we'll, hopefully that'll be a good interview, and we'll talk about some other things too. Maybe some recruiting news tomorrow. Continue to hear that Mississippi State is doing well on the recruiting path and might have some guys uh, popping onto the commitment list sooner rather than later. Thanks for uh, for listening today. I really appreciate it. Robbie will be back with me tomorrow. For my absent co-host, Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.